Welcome to the Level Up with Katie B podcast. I'm Katie B and today I am joined by Dr. Emma McConnell for a bloody brilliant chat about all things resilience, fearlessly and unapologetically pursuing your passions and Emma shares some mind-blowing manifestation stories that you will not want to miss. Emma is a powerhouse in her own right. She has a master's degree in veterinary medicine, is a senior lecturer and registered specialist in equine medicine, and a diplomat of the European College of Equine Internal Medicine. She currently works in a university referral hospital that she is also the associate clinical director at. And if that's not enough, As part of her commitment to lifelong learning, Emma is also co-founder of Platinum CPD, which stands for Continued Professional Development. Emma is also a mum to one beautiful baby girl and two high-spirited chihuahuas. Settle in for an inspirational and illuminating episode. Welcome, Dr. Emma McConnell, to the Level Up with Katie B podcast. As you know, this potty is all about uncovering the secrets behind creating abundant and fulfilling lives. And, well, not only do you have just the most incredible list of achievements under your belt already that continues Mm. to grow, (laughs) you are honestly one of the most positive and resilient humans I have ever met. Oh, thanks, Katie. It's um, yeah, such a pleasure to be here. I'm I'm really thrilled that you invited me. I'm just so excited for the listeners to be able to get insights into the inner workings of your incredible mind and your life as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. Hopefully, I have something valuable to share. But yeah, I mean, it's been a ride. Yeah. So in the short time that we've known each other, I Mm -hmm. have seen you persevere through challenges in both your personal and your professional life with just so much ease and grace. So much so (laughs) that from the outside, sometimes it doesn't, it just doesn't even look challenging. Like you make it easy. So I'm super pumped to, yeah, definitely get the opportunity to understand like how, why. Why is it all so, why are you so resilient? And I guess my first question is, do you see yourself as resilient? Um, Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, And yes, I do. Um, I think I am an incredibly resilient person, Mm -hmm. for sure. Do you think it is part of your genetic makeup? Do you feel like you've always been that way? Or do you think that experiences through your life have kind of shaped and molded you know, the way that you've built that into your life? Yeah, I mean, people always say that you aren't born with resilience. And I'm not sure that I entirely agree with that. I think some people are just inherently more resilient than others. I think a lot of my resilience um, actually probably comes from my mum. She is an incredibly resilient woman. She is an amazing woman, actually, um, and is incredibly inspiring and has always been my number one cheerleader. But I think sort of watching her, you know, as when I was a child and, you know, sort of early adulthood and sort of seeing some of the challenges that she overcame, I think was very inspiring. And I think really, you know, she was a great role model for me. So I think I got a lot of that from her. 
Um, and yeah, I guess she sort of instilled in me that if there is something that you want in life, just don't let anything stand in your way. And, you know, you always just make a plan to make things happen. And and that's what I've always done. So incredible. And as adults, that just shows to me how like huge a responsibility it is for us to set really healthy and incredible examples for our children and our wider mm. community as well. Just being able to watch your mum and her resilience was obviously a catalyst for for you building that in your own life. So mm-hmm. imagine if all us adults that are struggling in life, learning to navigate life's challenges and being super successful and high achieving humans and how to stay sane throughout that, the more we learn to do that ourselves, obviously, mm-hmm. then our kids are probably going to have a bit of a jump start in that. So that's just amazing. I love yeah. that your mum was that for you. Absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously there, you know, there are a number of tools that kind of help you and it's definitely possible to learn resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's something actually that we spend a lot of time with our veterinary students, um, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of trying to provide them with the tools to be more resilient because certainly the profession that I'm in, you know, the veterinary profession is certainly one that has many challenges. It's an amazing profession, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, many things, there are definitely some significant challenges that come with that. Um, And so, yeah, so there are certainly, you know, resilience, like you don't just sort of think, oh, I'm not a resilient person. Because you can certainly become more resilient over time. And I think as you get older, you obviously have those life experiences to give you that experience. And I do think that there is some inherent sort of personality trait, I guess, where some people are, you know, a little bit more resilient than others. Yeah. I would love to know because you've got 17 years experience in the vet industry and Mm -hmm. both working in clinical practices, but also teaching as a lecturer. So you must have so many stories about how you've kind of tapped into your inner mindset and any other tools that you use that have helped you kind of overcome specific challenges or ones that you really love sharing with your students um, in Platinum CPD, your your business, or mm-hmm. as a lecturer at the university. Can you think of one story in particular that has just been a really great example of where you've had some awesome tools that have helped you navigate it? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest experiences for me was when I actually moved back to Perth. Um, So I went to university in Edinburgh and then worked in the UK for a number of years, moved to South Africa to do my residency. And then um, in that time had met my now husband who was obviously living in Perth. Um, Yeah, so ultimately had to, didn't really have a choice if we were going to make our relationship work, didn't really have a choice, but did have to come back to Perth um, once I'd sort of specialised, finished my residency. And for me, many people were like, oh, you know, that's sort of career suicide. Perth is a really small place. Um, and certainly as an internal medicine specialist, you know, there are very limited places for you to work in mm-hmm. Perth. Um, it was always like always my dream to be a, you know, lecturer at the university. Like I always wanted to work in specialist practice. That was always what I wanted to do. But again, obviously those jobs are like hen's teeth. You're literally just waiting for someone to retire 
from one of those positions or to, you know, move countries or for whatever reason and move on. They don't come up very often. And so when I moved back to Perth, I took a job just in general equine practice. It was a small practice owned by one person. Um, he'd owned the practice for a long time. And then there was just sort of one other vet that was employed. So there were sort of three of us in total. And the he was a very poor, like really nice guy. I have a lot of time for him personally, but he was a very terrible leader and not a very good boss. And again, that's probably not really his fault. We don't get taught any of this stuff, you know, at vet school. And certainly his generation certainly wouldn't have been taught anything about leadership, workplace culture, anything like that. And so um, despite my expertise at that time, so, you know, I was one of, I think, maybe five specialists in the state, he didn't respect that. Mm-hmm. And did whatever he could to make me feel shit about myself, question my diagnoses, questions, you know, my work. Mm-hmm. He would make me check in with him before I did certain things with my patients, you know, which is all kind of really crazy stuff. And and I think it obviously just sort of came down to kind of his issues, I guess. Um, But that was really a really difficult time for me because I'd recently specialised and, you know, like I'd done all of this extra training and worked so hard, sacrificed so much to gain that specialisation and then was in a job where that just wasn't valued. And it was to the point where I actually considered leaving the profession. Um, So I actually looked at, you know, going to, as a lot of vets do, we look at going to medical school, we look at doing law. Um, It's just the type of personalities I guess we are. Um, And actually, and and it was at that point that I then needed something to sort of redirect my focus uh, because I was sort of struggling so much, you know, in that position. And that's when I started Platinum CPD. But I guess as far as sort of resilience goes. And and like I said, that was a really challenging time because um, I love being a vet and I still loved it, but it was really difficult kind of just being sort of put down, you know, on a daily basis um, and having everything questioned all of the time. But having someone to talk to, so having that kind of support network around you is really important. Mm-hmm. I'm very lucky, a little bit like you, Katie, we have fabulous husbands. Mm-hmm. We have very supportive husbands. But this was something that, um, you know, Richard really didn't understand. So, you know, he's not a vet, so it's really difficult for him to kind of understand um, those situations. And something that helped me was eating chocolate, you know, that always <laughs> helps. Um, so, yeah, thanks to that job, I gained like 20 kilos. So thanks a lot. That's something else to be thankful for. Um, but yeah but I think you know just having some good friend close friends that I was able to vent to and talk Mm -hmm. to about the issues that I was having I guess I probably could have sought out you know a little bit probably more advice from you know perhaps some other people within the profession but I think yeah just sort of having that network of people to talk to was certainly very helpful I am a really tough person and it does take a reasonable amount of kind of crap to make me cry. But I felt like I never cried as much as I did in that one year that I worked in that practice. Yeah. And 
Oh my goodness. I like I can feel it in my body because I have also experienced situations where I've just been questioned so much. And mm-hmm. I think not only in the moment does it obviously make you feel like shit, mm-hmm. but long term, it actually does have, you know, conditioning and you have these on what I have come to learn to be like micro trauma responses to mm-hmm. to certain situations and and being around certain people, which can be debilitating if you don't become aware of it or you don't have sort of tools and and things in place to help you uh, support you through that. But it sounds to me like actually just having an incredible support network is mm-hmm. one of your biggest kind of tools that you, yes. you really rely on or did back then. And mm-hmm. it sounds like the veterinary industry doesn't have a lot of awareness or maybe it feels like it's growing, but support mm-hmm. in terms of mental health, wellness, all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff around yeah. such a high pressure profession. And I'm not sure about the, the other professions you mentioned, like lawyers and doctors and stuff, but I would say maybe historically they probably haven't had a lot of awareness or support mm-hmm. around that either. Yeah. And so do you think if you, well, first of all, is that why you realize the need for platinum CPD or at least one of the, you know, the catalyst for it? Yes, absolutely. So having graduated from a UK university and having worked in the UK for a number of years where continuing education is really front and centre, came to Australia and certainly WA, there was no CPD at all. And I just couldn't understand why because it's such a valuable tool for our professions as far as upskilling keeping up to date with, you know, the current literature, current research, current advances within our profession. And I guess that was one thing, especially working for this particular practitioner, where he would be doing things, you know, the way that we did them, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And because he doesn't invest in continuing education, was unaware of the advances. And so when I would want to do something different, He's like, well, that's not how I did or that's not how I was taught. It's like, yeah, but you went to vet school like 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, wouldn't you want, if you get diagnosed with cancer, wouldn't you want your oncologist to be using the latest as opposed to something that may or may not have worked 30 years ago? I mean, that mindset is just ridiculous. And unfortunately, I'm just going to go on a rant here, but unfortunately, that is something that we see so commonly. And and that was, again, something that I really wanted to try and change. Now, it hasn't been without its challenges because, unfortunately, in Western Australia, continuing professional development for veterinarians is not compulsory, mm-hmm. which, again, is so crazy because, like I said, it's such a valuable tool, you know, not only from a clinical perspective, but, you know, there's also continuing education in sort of personal development space as Mm -hmm. well. So, you know, helping people become more mentally wealthy, you Mm -hmm. know, just improving everyone's sort of lives really. And ultimately that translates to improved performance, better outcomes for our patients and for our clients. So, yeah, for me, the fact that it's not compulsory is wild. Now there is certainly talk and, and there are, you know, a couple of sort of things that are up for review and certainly looks like continuing education will become compulsory um, within the next couple of years, which will be fantastic for our profession. 
But certainly our continuing education needs to be fit for purpose. And it's about sort of, you know, trying to figure out what does each individual vet and vet nurse actually need in order to kind of help them succeed both at work and in life as well. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's it does blow my mind that there is no requirement for mm. for that at the moment. I mean, yeah, other states it is, but Western Australia typically, you know, we're hundred years behind. Um, <laughs> but you know, we're slowly catching up. But but I think how you were talking about the mental health stuff that's definitely coming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's slow, but it's definitely coming, and I'm sure you're aware and the audience is aware. But vets do have the highest suicide rate of all professionals yeah. um, which is just really devastating statistics you know we, we're losing colleagues far too frequently and it's for a number of reasons but yeah obviously it the profession that we're in it's a compassionate profession it's not well paid so unlike what probably most people's thoughts are we're not definitely we're not rich <laughs> um <laughs> And, you know, it's not it's not a well-paid profession. Certainly our vet nurses are incredibly underpaid. You know, that adds a lot of stress to people, especially in this current climate. We work really long hours. We care a lot about our patients. We take a lot of things personally. We have that typical type A personality. We're perfectionists. We're very critical of ourselves. You know, there's a whole gamut of things that, that contribute. Um, but slowly... You know, the need for building resilience, you know, building mental wealth, you know, having that toolbox or toolkit, um, you know, to sort of deal with certain situations. It's it's certainly it's made its way into the veterinary curriculum, which is fantastic. And it's certainly, you know, we're starting to see and and what um, my company is also trying to do is to provide that support and that value, those types of events, you know, to help people as well. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking actually, even if your continued professional development at this stage is mostly aimed at staying up to date with the technical elements of your job, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're also providing a beautiful way for people to connect with other people in the industry. Like it's so cool when you get to um, go and interact with colleagues that you might Mm -hmm. not have met before and talk to each other about the struggles, right? Like even even in a a strictly educational aspect, you're you're Mm -hmm. still hanging out with people that know what you're going through. You can have like totally honest and and relatable conversations with each other, which might actually flow on to better mental wealth because of the opportunity for connection and to support Mm -hmm. each other. But you yourself and Platinum CPD are just about to run a retreat. (laughs) Yes, we are. And I am so excited for this retreat. It's like we've never run anything like this before, but I just think that it's something that is so needed for us as veterinary professionals and especially female veterinary professionals. Uh, I think we would probably all agree as much as we all love the males in our life, I would say that for the most part, probably generalizing, but for the most part, as females, we do have a lot on our plate. Mm-hmm. You know, we are often not only, you know, going to work and doing a great job at work, you know, but we're running the household, you know, um, certainly in, in our family. 
I'm the one that's looking after the dog's pet insurance and, you know, you're doing the bills and it's all of those, you know, you have to book so-and-so in for this. And, you know, it's all of those other little things, you know, you're always looking after everybody else. It's just what we do. We're caregivers. It's, you know, it is part of who we are. And yeah, so basically, so I thought, well, I feel like we need a break. So wouldn't it be really nice to organize a weekend where, you know, you can either come with a girlfriend or, you know, come on your own network and hang out with like-minded women. Um, We've got some amazing workshops, um, you know, all aimed at, you know, enhancing your performance, looking after your health, um, your physical health, obviously your mental health. Um, and yeah, we've got an amazing lineup of workshop presenters, um, all females, all absolute powerhouses in their respective, you know, kind of niches. Um, yeah, I absolutely can't wait. And of course, it's in Bustleton. So, um, you know, there's going to be a little bit of wine there too, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. And it does truly sound like uh, the start of something really I feel like this is going to grow so rapidly for you, uh, for for Platinum CPD, oh, but also, so. oh, for sure, because you know, the, as you said, the the veterinary industry is just struggling with this mm-hmm. mental health like crisis, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you said, I hundred percent agree with you. I think women in general. Uh, have got a shit ton more on their plate. They have way yes. more balls in the air. And I think just putting time aside to this is an opportunity for these high achieving, mm-hmm. extremely busy women to mm-hmm. focus on just having some fucking fun, learning yeah. how to build build resilience, learning how to navigate the challenges of day-to-day life without losing their mind. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think also to just have time for themselves. Yeah. You know, like without feeling guilty. Yeah. You know, taking a weekend away, you know, without the kids, without your partner, you know, to actually have some time where you can actually sit and reflect on what you truly want. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you want from your career? What do you want from your life? How do you want your life to look like? You know, how do you want, like, I sort of love the term, I don't, I'm not into work-life balance. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in it. But work-life integration, you know, mm-hmm. how? what does that look like for you? And I think that's the other aim of this weekend is to give people the opportunity to just take the time and sit quietly in a very nice location. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. <laughs> a beautiful setting. Um, And actually just take the time to think about that kind of stuff because in the day-to-day life, you don't have time for that. Mm. It sounds like, to me, it sounds like this has been a really important part of you kind of maintaining all that resilience we spoke about Mm -hmm. earlier and probably your sanity at times as well and and actually Mm -hmm. providing space for you to tap into your zones of genius, which are many, but I can tell that you're passionate about creating this space for women Mm -hmm. to do just that. So Mm -hmm. would you say that this has been a really important thing for you, taking time out to nurture your body, your mind, you know, relaxation? Do you prioritize it? Is that one of your coping strategies? Um, I wouldn't say that I prioritize relaxation because Mm -hmm. I actually don't have any hobbies. Like (laughs) when I think about it, all I do is work. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am really lucky because I love being a vet. 
and and I think I have managed to curate my kind of dream situation as far as my career goes. I have yeah managed to like well I have my dream job basically yeah um, and Is it's that taken why? time to get there like and it's been hard work to get there don't get me wrong but I and again maybe we're going to talk about some manifestation but um you know I have sort of created this life to look the way I want it to and that's why I also feel like I feel so lucky to have done that mm-hmm. that I want that for my colleagues like I want that for every other woman yeah so I guess that's why you don't believe in work-life balance. You believe in work-life integration because you've managed yes. to create a business and a career that just fits seamlessly into you having an incredible life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so it's not saying like, I'm probably saying like I'm super boring. Um, no. <laughs> and it's not that because I would like, like there are things that I would like to do. I just haven't like kind of sort of gone out and done them as of well, yet. And I also, your Platinum CPD has been, it is a creative outlet as much Mm -hmm. as you're doing it for your, for all the reasons we've spoken about to to help your your colleagues. um, Mm -hmm. It is also, you know, part of your creative passion, right? Like, you know, this is really part of what you came here to share. And I think when we do that sort of work, it kind of takes away the need to have a hobby sometimes yes. because that is it, right? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I mean, it kind of is, you know, so any spare moment that I would have, then, yeah, I would put that into the business. And because it's something that I'm very passionate about and it's something that I love and I have no regrets about that. So I wonder then if the real secret is to make sure that the things that you're putting your time and energy into in terms mm-hmm. of your business and career are things that just fucking set your soul on fire because yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Okay. So it kind of sounds like it takes the the requirement of scheduling in really decompression time and stuff like that out because mm-hmm. you you have it incorporated into your life so well. Yes. And I guess the other thing that I do do is I do have a facial every month. Mm. And I do have my hair done every four weeks, not only because that's how quickly the greys come back and I have dark <laughs> hair, so you've got to, and they're always at the front, so you've got to cover that up. Uh, you can rock um, it. <laughs> but, um, you know, so that's something that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm happy to make that financial investment. And, you know, like, yes, that is some relaxation and it just ma- it makes me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important too. So that's a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. Um, you know, that just is booked in. Like I basically book my year's appointments at the start <laughs> of the year. Holy so, <laughs> yeah, I'm totally into, like I actually wrote a blog about it. I'm totally into automating your life. Mm. Um, and that's one thing that I find just works for me is like just book your appointments at the start in January for mm-hmm. the whole year. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That mm-hmm. is like... <laughs> There you go. There's a life hack. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Emma's life hack number one. <laughs> so, yes, you did talk, you did mention manifesting before because you have, as you say, manifested your business and your mm-hmm. dream career. 
and we have worked together actually you you did my mm-hmm. money money manifestation challenge oh, like that I think, was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like 18 months ago I can't remember how long ago it was but you yes. just smashed it out of the park oh, it was so amazing that was actually insane like because <laughs> the number that I wrote down in that first exercise mm-hmm. was quite ridiculous mm-hmm. um but I just wrote it down because I thought well let's just give it a go yeah and it totally happened. So, oh, you smashed it. Yes. You, do you want to share share with us what what the number was or no? <laughs> um, yeah, it was fifty thousand dollars. You and we did a twenty eight day money manifestation masterclass. So, I'm not sure if it all came in that twenty eight days, but certainly the the ball started rolling, right? <laughs> oh yeah, the ball yeah, well and truly started rolling. Um, no, it was that was over. Um. A number of months, mm-hmm. uh, maybe three or four months. Yeah. Um, but it was all things that sort of, or the opportunities that led to that number mm-hmm. were all things that came up in that 28 days. Yes. Oh my God. I love it so much. Yeah. So- and yeah, quite a bit of the money came in in that 28 days. But then it was, yeah, like I said, there was, you know, a few things that came afterwards. But the sort of seeds were planted in those um, 28 days. Yeah. And I think since we've, Obviously, we're in touch quite often, and mm-hmm. I know that you have continued to have incredible success with your manifestation process. And mm-hmm. I would just love to hear about well, how do you how do you see manifestation as part of your life? How do you what have you manifested that you? I mean, obviously, your business, your career, and a shit ton of money. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else in your life that you see as a result of being very conscious about how you create? Yes, I mean, probably the best thing that I've manifested has been my baby, little Daisy Kate. Sweet little Daisy. Um, Yeah, sorry, she's probably crying in the background. You can probably hear her. No, I can't. Um, Oh, that's good. Um, So, yeah, so, and I guess I'll talk about her in a second, but I guess just talking about manifestation, when I look back on my life. Yeah, I think I've actually been a manifester for a very long time. Mm-hmm. There have been certain things in my life that I have really wanted. Like I said, I always knew from pretty much very early career that I wanted to be a equine internal medicine specialist. Um, and again, those, you know, the internships and residencies don't come up, you know, it's not like there's thousands of them. They're really competitive. And because I want, like, I wanted them so badly, so like nothing was going to stand in my way. Mm-hmm. And and I think that actually I probably manifested those positions. I would apply for certain uh, positions, didn't get them. And then the one that I did get was just perfect for me at the perfect time. And that was the same for my internship at the Royal Veterinary College in London, my residency in South Africa, and then my senior lecturer position now at Murdoch. So, um, you know, all of those things, you know, I think I did manifest or were a result of manifestation. And I think the important thing to think about when you're talking about manifestation is that it's not just sitting back and just wishing that something would happen. It's taking active steps to make it happen. It's, you know, eye on the prize. I do a lot of visualization. Um, I don't have a vision board or anything like that, but I do think of myself in those positions or having those things like my car as well. Like that sounds really, you know, materialistic, but 
the car that I have at the moment was a car that I wanted for years and years. And actually, when my husband and I were in Germany, we actually went to the BMW, like, I don't know, not not factory, but like museum or something. And there's actually a photo of me sitting in the car that I actually now have. Oh, my gosh. I know, like so crazy. And so, you know, all of that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, And then, like I said, the, you know, most precious thing that I've manifested is obviously my baby. We had some fertility issues. We tried for a number of years. We did eight rounds of IVF. And then you, Katie, (laughs) just appeared like a miracle. (laughs) You, you manifested so, me. <laughs> I manifested you and you said, here, have my eggs. And we said, thank you, we will. <laughs> um, and, you know, year and a half down the line, here we are. But I guess I just I just always knew that it was going to happen. There was never mm. a doubt in my mind that she would not come along. Mm. And I also always wanted a girl and <laughs> by a miracle she's a girl and oh my God. Yeah, I mean that's like a hundred but like she was absolutely manifested for sure. I was I gotta tell you Emma I was so scared when we did the cake cutting and <laughs> so was I. <laughs> so Emma Emma and her husband did the gender reveal through a cake cutting and I was there and I was like oh my god if this is not a girl I don't know what I, like they might not speak to me. I don't, I don't think it's actually the females genes that determine that but <laughs> so you would have been off the hook um, but yeah if that cake was blue oh man, I don't know how I would have coped with that because you know this is sort of a, a one and only you know kind of situation so yeah no, I'm sure we would have been very happy but again you know that's what I mean like I just feel she was always there yeah well Daisy was your third embryo implant mm-hmm. wasn't she so yeah. when you reflect on how every single one of your manifestation processes have unfolded mm-hmm. it sounds really this and this has happened a lot in my life as well like opportunities that I've thought were just they were for me and I yes. wanted them so badly and then yeah. they didn't come to fruition and I mm-hmm. was devastated and thought my life was fucking ending yep. and then you know what unfolds after that and you reflect and you go holy shit imagine Mm -hmm. if exactly I I think this is one thing for uh, everyone to kind of just take away is that we often can't even imagine how good the opportunities are that are going to present ourselves and when we try and control every element we actually limit what we invite and create in our lives do you Mm -hmm. agree Oh, completely. Yeah, absolutely. Like I remember being absolutely devastated because I didn't get the medicine residency at the RVC, like straight after my internship. And I just think if I had, if I had have got that residency, I would probably still be living in the UK in Mm. the grey and the rain as opposed to being open to opportunity. And I had the opportunity to do my residency in South Africa, mm-hmm. where in my first week I had an orphaned baby zebra mm-hmm. come in. I thought I had died and gone to heaven because <laughs> zebras are my favourite animal and foals are my favourite medicine cases. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it was in that moment that it was like this is what I was supposed to be doing. You know, I, I'm supposed to be here right now. 
does it help you when you reflect on these situations that the process and the outcome does do you think that that's helpful when times do get tough you know like obviously Definitely. you're very you have got so many balls in the air like you are heavily involved with the veterinary clinic and you also run your own business and have a newborn and two dogs <laughs> and I'm sure that on a daily basis you come up across challenge uh, come across challenges and frustrations but mm-hmm. do you think that that's why you sometimes are able to like pull your shit together so to speak and just be like it's all going to pan out and because I've got my eyes on the prize and I know yes. that it's going to unfold yeah definitely mm. definitely and I think um you know sort of like my mum and I always joke you know it's like oh we'll just make a plan you know we'll just make a plan to make mm-hmm. it happen yes um, love that. and <laughs> yeah and and I think because you know I've had disappointments mm. you know in my life I've, there's jobs that I hadn't got like I just said you know, eight rounds of IVF. I mean, that was pretty disappointing. Oh my goodness, um, I can't even imagine. <laughs> but like I said, but the whole time just, you know, sort of having that faith and just knowing it's going to happen mm. and, you know, believing in myself and just thinking, well, also like no one is coming to help you. You know, no one's going to do this stuff for you. So you either like make a plan and go after it mm-hmm. or you just think about doing these things and never actually do it. So why not just freaking go for it? Yeah. So what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, totally. And I, so I feel like what you've just said is you're never going to get handed anything on a Mm -mm. silver platter. So you, you have to come up with a plan. You have to know what you Mm -hmm. want in order to actually start knowing what direction to go and what aligned action you need to take and start taking tangible steps to, to create. And I think to be successful, like, and I think maybe why I have been quite successful in, you know, those types of things, it's having that clarity around what you want. Mm. You know, it took me a long time mm-hmm. um, to, I guess, kind of think, okay, what, how do, what do I want my life to look like? Like how, you know, do I want my career to be, you know, that kind of stuff. I think once you have that clarity, it's then very easy, you know, you sort of know your why. It's then very easy to take action to sort of push you towards that life. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like that's the other thing. Like this is not, you know, instant like, oh, yeah, I want a BMW and then tomorrow I get one. (laughs) You know, that's like years in the making. Yeah. Yeah, so we, Kai and I have a, our screensaver on our desktop is a vision board. And mm-hmm. it's so funny, like it's been up there for two years, but probably 75% of the stuff that we've put on there has has come to fruition. But oh, it, it, I love just looking at it and reflecting on like at the time, some of the stuff was like pie in the sky type dreams that were like, oh, imagine how cool that would be. Yeah, and, and, then, and then it's happened. But like, just as you say, it's not like, boom a genie popped out of a bottle and, and the next mm-hmm. day we had it all it was yes, like exactly you know, things things aligned action had to be taken we mm-hmm. and and actually the just the process of building a vision board is like I'm sure many people will think it's cheesy as fuck but actually it's one way that you can start sowing the seeds of intention right so mm-hmm. why not <laughs> yes exactly yeah I keep thinking oh, I really should do that um because obviously they're you know like Obviously, I'm incredibly happy with everything that I have, but, you know, we always want more and and I think it's always good to strive for more. Um, So, yeah, so maybe I should make a vision board actually. Well, it's a lot of fun. I can tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) So for my house on the beach, that's what I really want. Then, yeah, it would be, yeah, I'll be pretty happy if I have that. 
do it and then I'll interview you in a couple of years when it happens and we'll talk about that process (laughs) yes and I'll be looking at the ocean from from where we sit yeah from your window (laughs) yeah 100% Amazing. Well, Emma, I was just wondering if there's any one pearl of wisdom that you would give to a high achieving woman, what would it be? Oh, um, I think it would be if there is something in life that you want, don't let anything or anyone stand in your way. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't make decisions. For other people mm-hmm. um, I mean that might change now that I have a baby mm-hmm. um, and I don't mean that in a really selfish way but um, say just for example when I got the residency so Richard and I who's my husband um, we started going out I had been back in Australia for a couple of months and that's where we met and basically we sort of you know started a relationship it was when I was an intern so it's like well I'm going to be moving back to Perth after my internship you know, let's give this a go and at the end of the internship, then it was like, oh, I'm actually applying for a residency in South Africa. Like I'll be gone for another three years. Mm-hmm. And he was very supportive. But to be honest, I would have done it regardless of what he had said. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you know what I mean? That is because yeah. it was something that I wanted so much. So I think yeah. you can, like you are allowed to be selfish within reason, obviously. Yeah. You've got no. children, don't just bail on them. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? But, you know, like sensibly. But, yeah, you shouldn't make decisions for other people. Like if there's something in life that you truly want, something, you know, that you really want to go after, then, yeah, I would just go for it and I wouldn't let anyone or anything stand in your way. Yes, amazing. Uh, I 100% agree and I think probably, uh, honestly, we could talk about that for a million years because what it really comes down to is knowing that when you believe in yourself, follow your, you know, your passions, follow what lights you up. Mm-hmm. You are not only being really supportive of you having a fulfilling life, but you also lead just set an, a beautiful example for mm-hmm. the people around you. We don't all have to be constantly pandering to other people's needs mm-hmm. to to support them, actually showing them that they can make empowered decisions and beautiful things can come from those empowered decisions Mm -hmm. is fucking game changing, right? Yes, 100%. (laughs) Oh my gosh, love that. Yeah. Oh, well, Emma, thank you so much for taking the time to share your stories with us. If people want to find out more about you, the Refresh and uh, Reset Retreat, sorry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, or Platinum CPD, where can we find you? Thank you so much, Katie, for the opportunity. It was so lovely to talk to you. I feel like we could probably talk for hours and hours. So, yeah, so if you do um, want to kind of get in touch or find out more about what we do, um, probably the best place is either Instagram at platinum underscore CPD or just our website, www.platinumcpd.com. Amazing. And for all the veterinary professionals out there that are, well, in Australia, it doesn't have to be WA, right? Anyone can come to no, Buffington. You can, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone's welcome. What date is it, Emma, the retreat? Um, so it's March 24th to the 26th. Amazing. Um, so yeah. So, okay. um, and yeah, it's going to be amazing. Like it's a very worthwhile investment. Um, you are definitely worth it. <laughs> yes, you are worth it. <laughs> you are worth it. Is that Maybelline or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <No>. probably. 
Or some, no, L'Oreal. L'Oreal, yeah, yes. because you're worth it. Yes, you are. you're worth it. You are definitely <laughs> worth the investment. So, yeah. Totally. Invest okay. in yourself. You won't regret it. No, not at all. Oh, well, I am looking forward to the retreat. And, yes, because I'm going to be there. I'm running a workshop. So. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Yes, very excited about it. Well, Thank you so much, Emma, for your time. And I will put the links to your website, the retreat, your social media in the show notes for anyone that's looking for them. But until next time, take care. Thanks so much for joining Emma and I for today's episode. If you liked what you heard and are keen to find out more, like, subscribe, and maybe you could even share the episode with a friend so that you can start leveling up together. Take care, stay safe, and milk the shit out of life. See you next time.